It is indeed 23 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And we go into our uh, Thought Leader Thursday. And uh, I'm joined by uh, the Registrar for the South African Council uh, for the Architectural Profession. And that is Advocate Toto Fudile. And we're going to be talking about uh, the architectural profession, its role in uh, uh, the uh, transformation of our society, in particular from a human settlement and land use and the use of space. And uh, I'm joined uh, by uh, the Advocate here in the studio. Advocate, how are you? I'm fine and you are bong. I'm very well, thank you. Let's maybe start off here. Uh, the uh, council, uh, what is the function of the council uh, in the architectural profession and uh, by way, I guess, of uh, regularizing the profession and even uh, issues of standards and the like? All right. Well, let me first by greeting the listeners at mm. home. Um, well, basically, the, the South African Council for the Architectural Profession is established in terms of an Act of Parliament. Mm. It's Act of 2000, uh, Act 44 of 2000. And, and the core mandate is really to to regulate the profession. Mm. So what we do is we, we register persons who qualify to be registered in various categories of registration. So there's four categories of registration. You can register as a professional architect, mm. a professional senior architectural technologist, professional technologist, and professional draft persons. Mm. Mm. And, and this, this is mainly based on the qualifications that you have obtained from a university. We also create standards by which um, registered persons must comply with when they provide architectural services to the service. Mm. Because in the main, the role of architectural professionals is to design spaces that we live in, you know, uh, and to ensure that the space that we live in, they really uh, serve us, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of quality of sure, life, in terms sure. of our needs. And of course, I mean, that in South Africa happens in a context that, um, has its own historical inheritance uh, yes. where you've got spatial apartheid, spatial divisions, you've got uh, uh, an uneasy space. I mean, I was looking at uh, some of the work of Johnny Miller. Uh, so Johnny Miller did a series of drone images um, in the Western Cape and here in Johannesburg where he said he looked for the places where you had alongside a golf course an informal settlement right next to it. And what he was trying to do is to show the contrast in South African life of how we use space for human settlement. So on the one hand, you've got large, sprawling, manicured lawns. And then on the other side, you've got people packed over each other. Um, and, and I guess that th- there's, there's no greater depiction of the kind of society that we have than that. Um, h- how then does the architectural profession uh, find its, its role in that kind of difficult environment? Because one would think that, you, you know, you, yes, you might use the tools you've learned in architecture school, but you have to deploy them in a context that is very unequal, that is very contested. Well, basically, in, in, in the built environment, mm. you've got various professionals that play a role yes. in terms of building our towns and our cities and, and our communities. You've got town planners, you've got urban designers. Mm, got builders, and, yeah. And you've got also architectural mm. professionals. And, and in the main, our professionals will only be involved when they are appointed by a client mm. to come and design this beautiful home, your, your dream home. You mm. know. Mm. So, so, so it, it, it's very difficult then to, to answer that question. Sure, Because, sure. you know, as, as, as a professional, I come on your invitation, mm. Agonga, to say, come mm. and design a home for me. But, but we do accept, we're alive to the fact that, you know, the past has brought um, serious challenges on our spatial um, spaces. Mm. And, and, and you can see that, you know, if you, I stay in Pretoria, you know, if you, if, if you walk to, to Mamelodi, and I mean, I mean, Equestria, there's a mm, huge difference in terms mm, of spatial planning, sure. in terms of amenities, in, in terms of uh, facilities. That's the quality you, of life. Yes, mm. that's the quality of life. And, mm. and that's where most of our professionals play. 
But unfortunately, they come by invitation. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Let's pause there for a second because I want us last boy to to unpack this issue of uh, engaging by invitation, uh, and more importantly, what that means for for the industry as well, and it's the role that it can play uh, in uh, responding, I guess, uh, to uh, some of the challenges of our built environment. 16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. Uh, it is our Thought Leader Thursday and uh, we're taking a look at uh, the architectural profession and uh, its role, of course, uh, uh, not only in our national system of innovation and training, but also its role in uh, trying to think differently about our lived spaces in our society. Now, during the break, uh, Advocate, we were talking just briefly about some of the advances that are happening. And I like the point you made earlier, which is in many ways you guys are are driven by the demand of other players in that ecosystem. So you guys are a support service that is drawn in from time to time. But also, I one would think that there are certain innovations that are emerging in your sector uh, that are responding, it might be to climate change, uh, that are responding to the need for off-grid solutions. Um, I, was, you know, I was saying to you that uh, a lot of advances are happening in the space now of modular homes, where, where people are building with timber instead of brick and mortar, uh, uh, building off-grid capability, building you know uh, your own ability to harvest rainwater um, alongside this nice dream home or designer home that one would want. Uh, let's talk maybe about some of those innovations and how they are influencing your work as a pace setter and a standard setter in the profession. Well, basically, you know, our professionals, you know, because they, they, they normally conceptualize you know, a space mm. uh, that you want as creatively. A, a, so, yeah, as a client, creatively, um, they will tell you. I mean, today we're talking about the the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. You know, so it brings so many technologies that you can integrate into your space and be able to to benefit. You spoke about you know, getting off the grid. You know, mm. having your own generator. Then you know how your house is facing to try to to maximize on the light. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. all those kind of things. So mm. our professionals are alive to that, and and most of the designs are going that way. Mm. That's being encouraged. In sure. fact, in fact, I know that in South Africa we normally use a lot of brick and mortar, mm. but we also encourage uh, you know building with uh, with 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 timber as you timber, mentioned, yes, and also yes. other other materials, mm. and, and 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 that is allowed. Mm, mm. And and just for, from a you know a, a council perspective, I guess the other d- dynamic that a lot of people would be asking: Yes, there is that structural transformation uh, by way of materials, by way of design, and what you're looking for. Then there's a demographic one. Uh, and the gender one, uh, the race and the gender one. Where, where, where is the industry when it comes to that? Well, basically, I think we 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 we're coming from a transformation in DAB mm. uh, because we also belong to a body called the, the Council for the Built Environment. Yes, yes. And yes, one yes. of the concerns is that the, the, the profession, the built environment profession, is not 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 transformed, mm. and 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 the course, you know, um, uh, it it comes from 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 many. Mo- Many m- many facets. Mm. You know, uh, the biggest issue currently that we're facing now is that uh, the the construction industry is on a decline. Mm. Uh, there's not enough work. Not enough briefs for your members. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So 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 now if 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 there is no work, you know, how are these practices going to survive? Mm. It's, it's very difficult. And and the other thing is that we've also picked up that there's not a lot of interest coming from 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 from. Uh, uh, designated groups to to undertake studies in architecture. Hmm. So we need to also undertake these campaigns to try and influence and encourage, 
you know, people from rural areas, mm. you know, from, from, from township to say that architecture is actually uh, a very yeah. interesting field and a very lucrative field, you know, to, to try and, um, and get into. Mm. So we, we're getting into that. Yeah. And also we're trying to engage with, with government to say that let's try to, to relax our procurement, you know, you know uh, policies. Because if you're a, a, a medium, a small and medium in, enterprise mm. or a practice, it's very difficult to get this uh, this project because they want very experienced people and you don't have experience mm. you know, mm. so it's very difficult so so where's the issue is it in the de- uh, design of the specifications of some of the procurement opportunities or is it uh, elsewhere well the, the challenge is the procurement policies themselves mm. for example uh, a tender comes out it requires 10 years experience it requires 20 years experience it requires so much experience and you are a startup you're a woman Mm. A black woman, you're starting up. You've got two, three years experience. You're not gonna get work. So we must, you know, we must have some mechanism where we can include the most experience and and the and the and the under experience. Mm. So so what we're doing as well, we've actually met with the with department of uh, a small business enterprise mm. to try and and see uh, we can work together. Mm. to try and have uh, incubation programs you know for our professionals so that they can get skills you mm. know and try to give them skills to be able to access these sure, markets sure. And, and all that so we've got programs that mm. are that are coming up to try and, and and empower them to be able to participate in the yeah. in the industry you spoke about that pipeline that not enough uh, uh, kids from rural areas and and townships uh, are taking up architectural studies. Um, is that a function, I guess, of weak career guidance at the high school uh, level where some of the subject choices are made that create a pathway for people into different fields of study at university? Or is there a challenge once uh, we get the university students coming in at first year? Because uh, you might have a lot of black students coming in at first year, but very few of them graduating. Uh, which then says yeah. there's an issue of uh, support structure and a support system yeah. once they get into university rather than maybe uh, at a high school level. Look, I, th- I think for me, I mean, growing up in the rural areas of Mafike, I didn't know anything about architecture. Mm. So I think it's a question of us as a, as, a, as a regulatory board going out there, promoting the profession. Yeah. But yeah. also it's important that we also go to universities, you know, to give them clear career path once mm. you've obtained your qualification. But also must encourage them as well that once we've obtained your qualification, come in the register mm. with the professional board. Because we find that a lot of, you know, black you know, graduates, are able to obtain qualifications, but they are not registered with with us. Why? We don't know where they are going. So we must also find out exactly where where they are going. So so I mean, surely you would have to register to create like a, your own practice or or even be a professional working in the space, would you not? You have to. You have to. Yes. So Benza Hanbon. Well, remember there are loopholes in any system. People are able to be able to design, you know, draw plans and submit and then they get them approved at, at the local municipalities and be able to give it to a client go and build your dream mm. okay yeah. hey let's pause there for a second when we come back i want us to talk about those municipalities because one would think that they are key part of your value chain yeah. um, and uh, i also want us to talk about the rise of some of those who are exploiting these loopholes that you're talking about uh, illegal practitioners they're doing the rounds and I guess for some of the consumers that are watching this uh, who might be wanting uh, to get certain plans approved or want plans drawn up uh, what they what kind of questions they need to be asking of uh, uh, practitioners in the space uh, to make sure Wuti Abanok it is indeed about how you articulate life and you, how you try to 
uh, transform it. And that's what we're talking about here on our Thought Leader Thursday. I'm in conversation with advocate Toto Fudile, Registrar of the South African Council for the Architectural Profession. And advocate, uh, we're talking briefly uh, just before we went to that break about the municipalities, right? Uh, we know there's that value chain. Uh, so somebody wants to develop something, they come to you, they say, draw up a plan for us. Um, and then you draw up that plan. It then gets approved by the municipality. But let's talk about some of the issues in that in that value chain. Uh, you were saying to me just off of the break that sometimes we don't understand the role and the value of architects in the built environment space. Uh, even the ed- mo- most educated among us sometimes, uh, you know, when uh, you receive an invoice from an architect, we'll sit back and be like, ah, oh, I'm without really understanding, yeah. I guess, the the functional role and the value that architects play in that value chain. Well, you're correct. I mean, uh, we've got a big challenge. Uh, I think our professionals are not mm. are not valued enough by our communities, and yet uh, we expect them to design all these beautiful homes mm. and spend so many hours, you know, trying to put this concept together. Mm. But when then the invoice comes, it's a big challenge. Mm. So we want to encourage the public to, to try and, and, and value these professionals and pay them, you know, mm. for, for what they are contributing. Because the homes that we live in, you know, the towns that we're in, the offices that we're in, they're all designed by, by architectural professionals. Mm, yes. mm. But, 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 you know, the issue of the municipalities, um, we're we working towards finding a solution. Sure. Uh, we, we're in the process of registering building control officers within, mm. the, within our profession. Okay. So at least we'll know that from, from the submission of the drawings to approval, we're in control. Mm. You know, and and we'll, we'll be able to apply the same standards that we apply you know, to, to our professionals, to the building control officers. Yeah. So I think those gaps are going to close down. But, you know, there's always gray areas. Mm, you know, there mm. are always those people are going to find areas to try and exploit sure, and be able sure. to get their drawings through and get them approved. So so we're talking, I mean, about many of the things that we see, Kokasi, uh, you know, and I was saying every single street you will find somebody at some point renovating or, or building a maflete move or something like that. Yes. Um, and in some cases, you know, that happens... Uh, in many interesting ways, sometimes with the plans not approved or sometimes with the plans approved uh, in very, very interesting ways and uh, things that are changing hands with people. I'm not going to mention what. Um, but uh, what is the danger of doing that? For some of our listeners who might be listening in now who are considering renovating a home, uh, who are considering Uwakama uh, move, who are probably saying, Ish, I want to be a bit skimpy on the architectural cost so that I can maybe use some of that money for the building material." Well, I think it's important. Um, if you are a member of the public, you intend to build an outbuilding, you intend to extend, you intend to build anything. Make sure that you first um, 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 phone SACAP and, 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 and be able to make sure that you use a person who's registered. Mm. That's the first point. And then from there, the, a person who's, who's registered is going to design what you require mm. according to your needs. Mm. And you are going to agree on the fee that you are going to pay uh, that professional. Mm. And there must be an agreement in writing which stipulates the scope of work, the services, and what fees must be paid. Mm. And once that is done, then we expect our professional to do a nice design for you from there, prepare technical documentation for submission to the municipality for approval. Mm. And, and, and if you are registered in good standing, your plan should, should go smoothly mm. and get approved. But if you use somebody who's not registered, uh, you find someone building over water lines or building. Thank you. Mm. Yes, mm. somebody would build over line, or or some of them they actually they actually they, they are able to fraudulently claim that plans have been approved when they have not been approved, and then you commence with the building, and while you are building, the building inspector comes and said no, but uh, your plans have not been approved. 
either you demolish or you submit plans within 30 days. So you don't have to p- find yourself in that kind of situation. Mm. Mm. You know, if you demolish, you've lost so much money. So, so I think it's important that the public, you know, out there, whether you're in rural areas, you're in townships, or you're in the cities, make sure that you you appoint somebody who's registered. And 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 you know, we can be contacted. Take up would definitely assist just to make sure that you comply mm. and you're also protected. Mm. Mm. And you, hey, in Zimaya's land, because I think increasingly there's there's also that trend of the outbuildings, but there's also increasingly a trend of us building massive houses. Komakhaying. Yes. Massive houses. Massive. I mean, when I say massive, I'm not like, massive. Like, well, my triple story, double yes. story. Um, do the same rules apply? The same rules would apply. You know, especially if you are going to build a double story, a triple story. You know, that kind of a building, you are going to, you are going to require uh, an architectural professional to do the designs for you. Mm. And after that, you are going to require a structural engineer who must do the drawings for structure, mm. for structural integrity. You know, so, so that the thing doesn't fall over. Yes. No, so so it's important that you you understand this this thing so that you protect yourself and protect your family. You don't want your building to collapse when you are sitting in your in, in your own in, in your own home. Mm, 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 mm. And and yeah, I mean, I think you're giving us a lot of food for thought when it comes to this particular issue. Um, then the other the other thing, I mean, for for many people who would embark on a process of and not only developing a residential home, but it might even be a sectional title property. We're seeing a lot of people buying property mm. now and wanting to build flats uh, that they can then use the rental income to, to build whatever wealth that they want to do. Uh, pr- procedurally, and even the interaction with the architects, th- does that differ in that context? Well, it doesn't differ. Because the first thing, uh, if you're a client, you want to develop anything, mm. you're going to have uh, your first meeting mm. with the uh, professional to give a brief. Sure. And from that brief, then there will be an agreement in writing, which will set out the scope of work, the services, mm. what fees, and so forth. Mm. So, 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 so it's the same. It, it, it's just that you know, uh, when you have a person who's not regi- registered, we are not able to, to assist you as a regulatory body. Mm. The matter will simply be referred to the South African Police Services, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you no know enforcement what are the challenges. Papa. Yes. <laughs> so. If you use a person who's registered mm. and there are issues in terms of the work that has been done, we're able to protect you as a member of the public. We're able to, to investigate any mm. uh, complaint or any sure, proper conduct. Sure. And if there's anything wrong done by a professional, we're able to, to bring that professional to book. Mm. But unfortunately, if the person is registered, you have no recourse at all. So it's a risk. You're putting yourself into a necessary risk because you don't want to pay. Advocate Toto Fudile. It's been a pleasure having you here on Metro FM Talk and uh, wish you and uh, the council all of the best there. And uh, for people who might be uh, interested in getting hold of you, uh, let's maybe share some of those uh, details once again. Our contact is 011-479-5000. Email address is uh, info at sakapsa.com. Awesome stuff. And uh, if uh, you caught our conversation at the tail end, uh, you can catch uh, the uh, podcast on uh, metrofm.co.za. Been a pleasure being with you on uh, this particular week. We're back with you again on Monday. You have yourself a great weekend. Take strength, my Africa. Aska kribinangoku. Okoye banga. Leikonomi.